Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hello, everybody. I hope you're doing great today. Um, I'm going to talk about a difficult subject today. If you realize that someone is in danger in some way, shape, or form, they are being neglected, they um, don't have good hygiene, they've been in their own feces for several days, um, they are in an abusive situation, but you can't pin it down. You know, the person themselves can't say, oh, someone hit me, um, someone threw me to the floor, somebody drugged me in the shower, or whatever it is, sexually assaulted, or whatever it is. You have to do something. This is not a case where we turn away and hope someone else will take care of it. This is not a case where we say our prayers and hope that the situation resolves itself. This is a situation where we have to address the tumultuous volatile situations and do something to get that person to safety. If you don't do that, something else will happen that you're not going to like, which is adult protective services and the local sheriff's department or police coming to do an investigation and making their own determinations. And if you are in a situation where you are a power of attorney of medical, it is your job to step in and make the adjustments to make sure that that person is okay, that that person is well cared for, that they are able to do their due diligence and do the job that they said they would do on the power of attorney. Now, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I asked everybody to please, 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 please think before you agree to be somebody's power of attorney or power of medical. And I want to I take both of those pieces and separate them for a second and talk about them. So power of medical says that you are taking the responsibility when that person is unable to make their own decisions, they are not culpable, they are not able to make good cognitive decisions, 
for themselves. And if they are in a place where they are in an, an advanced stage of Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or Lewy body or whatever it is, that you are saying you will make the decisions for them, the medications that they are, are having administered, um, watching out for their nutritional intake, making sure that they are getting a certain amount of exercise, that their hygiene is cared for, that they have food that is fresh and readily available for intake while they are at home or even in a care community. And also their wishes, like their five wishes. Did they have a will? Do they have a do not resuscitate? Um, Things can get ugly when someone is Um, not wanting anybody to give them any medication or any any, um, palliative care if they get the flu or if they get a cold or they get COVID or something like that. Uh, There were families that did not want their loved ones to have a COVID shot because they were kind of hoping that if they're in late-stage Alzheimer's and they're already in a memory care, that if COVID came in and, um, you know, affected that person, that that might be what ends that long journey. Hey, I don't sit in judgment of stuff like that, guys. I, I agree sometimes that um, maybe not giving them a flu shot or not giving them a COVID shot if they are in late stage Alzheimer's, they're not talking anymore. Maybe they're not ambulatory. They're not moving around, you know, things like that. I get it. We're on these long journeys that we don't want to be on. And if you think that person's journey should come to an end of their own, you know, demise, if they get the flu or if they get COVID or whatever it is, um, I get it. I'm not trying to pick on you about stuff like that. Um, that's that's a different story. That's letting nature kind of take its course. We don't have to keep somebody um, alive for our own reasons, but we also shouldn't be trying to take them out if that's our decision and they can't make that decision, Right. But if nature just takes its course and they get some kind of a virus or something and something happens, then that's not on you as their loved one. Um, you can make that decision to give them the, the vaccine or not give them the vaccine. That, those are personal kind of decisions. And, and you know, nature and, and, and the world will take its course. But if you are in a situation where you know somebody isn't safe, from people who are supposed to care about him, and you make the decision to let that person take that person under their own uh, wing and mistreat them in any way, that's a problem. That's something that, and especially if you tell me, because, <laughs> Because I'm not going to let a person who has late-stage Alzheimer's 
be in the grasp of somebody that's going to do them harm. People, please, call me if you need help, but if I offer you help, you better take it. If I throw you an off, a lifeline and I help you get out of that situation and you decide that it's too troublesome for you, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a big problem. Because I will help anybody. I will, I'm going to say it again, I will help anybody come up with a plan, come up with a, a way to get that person to safety. But if you decide it's too troublesome for you, I'll take over. If it's on my watch and I'm and you've let me know I'm a mandatory reporting agent and I will take steps to get it done, whether you want it to be done or not. We had a situation last year uh, where I had uh, a family that decided that finance and such was more important than the health of their parents and uh, power of attorney and all that stuff was changed. And the first thing I did was called the police and called APS and it ended up in the long run with the people being taken out of their home, put into a nursing home that I didn't approve of. I said it wasn't a good one, but uh, they were moved there by half of the family. And guess what? Everything went to hell in a handbasket. It was a bad community that charges a ridiculous amount of money. And the woman in this case of the mother and father ended up in a situation where she wasn't cared for. She wasn't cleaned after uh, her stools and things like that. And she ended up getting urosepsis and uh, really, really sick and died. The other person was then put into another community um, and and moved there for his own safety, but it wasn't necessarily a great place for him to be either. And guess what? The whole thing ended up having an emergency injunction for guardianship. And then that emergency injunction turned into the judge saying, we're going to have independent uh, uh, counsel go and check on these people and find out what actually happened. And these folks ended up being in a court-appointed guardianship for health and conservatorship for finance. And uh, when that happens, they go to someone who doesn't know the family, that doesn't know the person, that probably does this for people... um, as a job, so they might have 20 or 30 people they are guardianship guardians over or conservators over, and the personalization of it unfortunately suffers. So this is what happens when people take on roles of being a power of attorney and either knuckle, fall to their knees and give in if they have any opposition from someone that shouldn't be the power of attorney of health or whatever, and then get greedy and decide they want to take that person's money and so on and so forth. I would love to tell you that the world is serendipitous and that everybody's got good intentions, but that is just not true. 
And of the five years I've been doing this show and now getting into my sixth season, um, I'm a little over the bullshit. It's time to get real. It's time to understand that if you're not willing to absorb and execute the responsibilities of the power of medical, don't take it. Don't do it. And I have to just give all the love in the world to my people with these various dementias who have the presence of mind while they are still able to make decisions that they don't always put their wife or their husband as their power of attorney. God bless you all for that incredible, insightful, good decision. Because sometimes there are things that go on behind closed doors that the rest of us don't know. And the reason they choose somebody besides their spouse is because they know that person isn't going to take care of them. Maybe that person's causing them harm. And when you know something is happening and somebody is causing someone harm, how in the world can you live with acting like you don't see all the red flags? Red flags are there for a reason. Recognize it. Figure it out. But please don't let somebody with a degenerative brain disease be in the grasp of somebody who's going to physically abuse them and take advantage of them. Please don't do that. And if you're listening to this show and you know or you think somebody is in trouble, call your local police department or sheriff's department and ask them to do a wellness check. Ask them to go over and check on the person. At least do that. Do something. Just don't make a decision to turn your back. That person with the diagnosis lived a life. They were a person. They deserve to be cared for. And just because they have a diagnosis does not mean that they cease being human or that they deserve the wrath of somebody that should not be in charge of their care. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the conservator side of this whole nightmare. And what does that mean when you're in charge of someone else's funds. We'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. 
education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988, to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about the money part, the financial part. We call that conservatorship or power of finance. When somebody is put in that position, it can go sideways in a heartbeat. Um. I would recommend giving that power of finance to somebody that already has money. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, like, they already are living okay. They're not looking for your money to get rich. Um, Really, really think about that. Uh, Try to, and, and even if that person doesn't have money, they better have a good heart. Like you really feel like they will watch your best interests. They will work with you to make sure you find a good community, um, so on and so forth, okay? Because when people see dollar signs, they lose their freaking minds. And that is not what this is about. It's about loving and caring for the person with the dementia diagnosis who can no longer care for themselves and making sure that they have accommodations of in-home care or um, maybe somebody coming to clean finding a nursing home or memory care for them that they can afford, getting them on Medicaid and doing a spin down until maybe, you know, Social Security or pension or something kicks in or whatever it is and and getting them settled. But I have seen over and over and over where we get family members who are money-grubbing scumbags who take that person's money, try to change the power of attorney to them if they didn't have it, um, and drain bank accounts, paying themselves for caring for that person, and take their cars and take their houses. So get a best friend. Get a person that you feel is really going to listen to your needs, to your wants. 
find a community that you could live in if you got Alzheimer's before you need the community. Um, make sure that money is put into a trust if you need to. Um, hire an attorney to be your power of attorney for finance um, because they're bound by the law. They can't screw you if they wanted to. They've got to do the right thing. Sometimes it's not a family member. Sometimes it's not uh, a friend. Sometimes it's a neighbor. Sometimes it's somebody in a legal situation. Because people, I have seen this go bad so many times where someone just does not do the right thing with the person they're supposed to be caring for. If they did, and this was just an aberration and I saw one or two, I wouldn't be talking to you about this today. I'd be talking about a whole different subject. But in case you can't tell, I'm a little frayed on my nerves from situations of people being noncommittal when it comes to getting a person to safety with finances or anything else. Now, I will say that I have people who have restored my faith. Um, I had some daughters who who did everything I told them to do. They got a hold of an attorney. They got an emergency injunction. Um, they were able to uh, to get you know the best care for their dad uh, that they needed to. I had another family that, um, you know, they had a situation where there was nobody in town, uh, and they ended up taking my recommendation. They got an attorney who would be the power of financial and power of uh, medical for their their person, and um, that attorney has done a really good job and communicates with me on a regular basis about that person's health and well-being and things like that. There are people who will step up and do the right thing. There are people who will help. The idea of burying your head in the sand or not wanting to cause waves or agitate somebody is just crap. I mean, I'm telling you, you guys, I, 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 I am, my husband jokes that I'm scruffy-doo. Uh, he, he got me a shirt <laughs> that has a scruffy-doo dog on it because I'm the person, in case you haven't figured this out yet, who um, will always step in even if it's none of my business. I'll give you an example. It didn't have anything to do with Alzheimer's or anything else. One day I was in line at a Safeway and I saw a, a young woman who took the tips out of the jar at the Safeway, at the uh, Starbucks counter. And I said to her, hey, what are you doing? And she just turned and looked at me. I said, put the money back. I'll buy your coffee. That's their tips. Why are you doing that? She darted. I tackled her. Next thing I know, half the store's over trying to figure out what's going on. It was only about 20 bucks or something. Was it worth it? You're damn right it was worth it. 
It, it reminds me of the What Would You Do show with John Cajonis, you know? Uh, even at my niece's wedding in August, I'm sitting here at a table. I'm talking to family and friends. And uh, someone came over to me and said, there's some guys who are over getting drinks. And they look like they're already drunk. And I don't think they are people uh, associated with the wedding. Now, is it my business? Should I care? I went up and told my brother. And my brother, who knows me, he's the father of the bride, said, well, go take care of it because he knows I will. Right? So I walk over to these guys and I say, hey, guys, how do you know the bride and groom? And there was a table with their names on it. And so they, they said, well, they, um, they had met them on a ski slope or something, and they invited them. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I don't think so. So I told them to get the F out of there and leave. Now, why would I say that? Because if they were already drunk and they drank more, they drive, they get in a car accident, they say they were just at this wedding and they got drunk because they overserved them or blah, 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 my niece and her new husband could have been sued. So it was easier for me to go over and escort these idiots out. And it was really funny because a couple of my nieces and nephews came over and were like, oh, Aunt Jill, you are such a, <laughs> a BA, if you know what I'm saying, a bad. But I... Don't sit around and wait for somebody else to do something. I My original thought was that they were going to go over and try and steal all the cards and letters and presents that they had on that same table, which was located right by a door. If somebody wasn't looking, they'll just grab that whole thing of, of letters and walk out. So I went over and asked the wedding planner to move that table and remove all the gifts and all that stuff and put them up in a locked room. Well, all the bridesmaids and, and groomsmen and everything had a room upstairs with all their purses and all that stuff that wasn't locked. The moral to this story is make a decision, right? Somebody comes over to me and says, hey, I don't think those people belong at this wedding. I get up and tell them exactly how I feel about them being at my niece's wedding and get the hell out. I escorted them out. When they came back in, I was the first person to meet them at the door and say, you, what you don't understand is the groom is a cop. And there are at least 25 cops in this place. So I can easily ask some of them to come over and make a point to you if we need to, right? It's the same thing if you're in charge of somebody's health care or their finances. Do your freaking job or turn it over to somebody else. I don't like having to have podcasts like this, but honestly, sometimes I do. Sometimes it needs to be said. Sometimes I need to warn all of you out there, my friends, that maybe you didn't make a good decision and please rethink it before it's too late. I spend a ridiculous amount of time working on advocacy. My original goal with my job was education and support. And instead, I fix problems like this most of the time. 
it wears on me and it gives me enormous content for my show. I'd like that to stop. I'd like to never have to talk about the things that go wrong. But you, my caregiver nation around the world, need to hear this. You may not be safe. You see on Facebook all the time these little kids that knock something out of somebody's hand to alert someone that, you know, they are being kidnapped or they're being abused or something. If you feel like you are not safe with the people that you are with that are caring for you, tell someone. Call 911 and say, I need a wellness check over here. I'm calling because I don't feel safe. Please come. They'll send an officer. Now, sometimes you have people that say they're abused and they're not really abused. Somebody will get to the bottom of that. But this stuff is real. This stuff is real. And when somebody, you know, has their life threatened or they are showing bruises, um, they are physically abused. And this can happen in communities, too. Watch out for your people in communities. Another thing that I do is I spend a lot of time on the CDPHE, Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment site, looking at um, deficits that are given to communities. And you wouldn't believe how often I see physical abuse, neglect, brain injury, crap like that. Oh, we live in a society where we do not take good care of our elderly. And we don't always take good care of our people with various dementias. And if it's on my watch, guess what's going to happen? I think you know. So, I'm putting people on notice. If you call me and want my help, be ready to make a change. Be ready to move. Because I'm going to give you a game plan and ask you to take that first step yesterday. And if you drag your feet, I'll do it for you. It's pretty much as simple as that. And anyone you call, don't ask for help if you really don't want it. If you don't want to get somebody in trouble, if you don't want to get somebody to safety, if you don't want to do what you need to do, better not call. Because there might be somebody on the other end of the line like me who's going to move on it like my ass is on fire. So there you have it, season six, episode one, getting real with it. I will see you all next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.